Welcome to the weekly podcast of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, located in the city of Middletown, New York. Today's message will be brought to you by our senior pastor, Rev. Albert Feliciano Sr. Each week we stream our live recorded services to encourage, build up, and edify our listening audience. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised and infallible word of the living God. Our prayer is that today's message will draw you closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here is Pastor Albert with today's word. The Lord has directed me to a passage of scripture which is often overlooked. The title of my message this morning is The Life-Changing Prayer of Jabez. The Life-Changing Prayer of Jabez. Hallelujah. We're going to be reading from the book of First Chronicles, chapter 4, and we're going to read two verses of Scripture, verses 9 and 10, which accounts for the entire life of Jabez. Beginning at verse 9 in First Chronicles, chapter 4, now Jabez, or Jabez, was more honorable than his brother's. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. Glory to God. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Glory to God. Saints, you may take your seats this morning. The prayer of Jabez is most likely a chapter in Scripture that you might even overlook when reading throughout the Bible. But this prayer is literally a gem among other prayers, among Scripture. This prayer gem is a life-changing prayer, not only for Jabez, but it's a life-changing prayer for generations. This prayer is a prayer that deserves some deeper study, some deeper looking into. This prayer changed a missionary named John Hyde into what was later nicknamed after him, Praying John Hyde. Hallelujah. When your prayer life changes, everything in your life changes. When your prayer life changes, your kids' lives changes. When your prayer life changes, your church changes. Your family changes. City of Middletown changes. Orange County changes. New York State changes. United States changes. And to the uttermost parts of the world, do you know there's a power that is released when God's people begin to pray? This past Wednesday at church, we had a movie, a movie night. It was called The Heart of Texas. I'm not going to give you the details, but for those of us that were here, yes, after the tears and after the snot bubbles, hallelujah, that we got past that, it was a powerful film, praise God, and it was about forgiveness. There was a person in this film, his name was Ulysses Parker, and there was a quote that was made by one of his brothers, another pastor in the church, he said, Ulysses Parker was a praying man. 
He was a praying man. Praise God. I hope I got him down, right? Praise God. But in the film, Ulysses was facing life imprisonment. I can't tell you why. You'll have to see the film. But before he was to see the judge, before he was to go to court to be arraigned or sentenced, he said, I was praying all night long. I was praying. We were praying. My whole family, we were praying all night long. And then everything turned out okay. Praise God. Many of us pray when there's something that is wrong. We pray when we're going to be facing a trial or a major crisis, but oftentimes we don't pray until that crisis arises. Many of us also pray, but we don't pray until the praying is done. Uh, others pray honestly without believing, which to me is the kind of the, the most useless prayer ever. If you're going to pray and ask God to work on your behalf, but in your mind and in your heart, you're not believing that it's going to happen. The Bible says that you are double-minded. And the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all that he does, and he should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. That's the truth. Hallelujah. Turn your neighbor and say, I hope he ain't on you already. Praise God. Yes, hallelujah, has begun. Prayer is the most untapped resource in the life of almost every believer. Praise God. I was reading a story this week that there was a man that had brought a farm and he was broke, broke as a joke, and he did not know that he was sitting on a gold mine. And for years, he was in jeopardy of losing the farm until one day this company says, hey, can we dig on your property? Because we believe there's oil here. And if we strike oil, we'll give you the proceeds and we'll, we'll share with you. Next thing you know, they, the minute they start boring in, they call it black gold. There was all. He was a multi-millionaire instantly overnight. He was sitting on a piece of land that was full of wealth. And meanwhile, he's struggling to put food on the table for his family. And that's what it's like for you and I when we don't understand the power of prayer. And we're wondering, how am I going to do? <laughs> worry, worry. All the great. That's my kids right up there. Hallelujah worry praise God but the Bible turned this into a crown of wisdom hallelujah a crown of glory right gray hair for my gray-haired friends out there is a crown of glory and for the, the the skin tights hallelujah it's a crown of glory brother it's a shiny crown hallelujah we don't realize the potential that there is in prayer I tell you what if we all began to start praying this entire community would be turned upside down. The fact is, guess what? I'm here because somebody prayed my behind into this house years ago. When I was running the street, when I was running out, carrying on, messing up and doing stupid things, my mother and others were on their knees before God praying for me to get it together. Praise God. 
You guys, somebody prayed you into this house. You think you're seated here because you put the key in the ignition and you drove into the parking lot and parked? No, you're here because of somebody else's prayers. Somebody that's praying you into the kingdom of God. And God is not slack concerning his promises. He is faithful. He is just. He is not willing that any should perish. And that's why he has not yet come but he's coming soon make no mistake if everybody began to pray there would be revival in our land there would be signs and wonders signs and wonders would follow those of us that believe your sons and daughters would return to the Lord husbands and wives and families would be restored together love passion desire fruitfulness would return to the house and peace the brethren would be hitting the streets with the word of God. How about this? There would be love bombs exploding all throughout the community. Saints of God, you can literally change your life through prayer. There's a quote by John Wesley. It says, all who desire the grace of God are to wait for it first in the way of prayer. He also wrote... Prayer is the most useful of all pastimes. Praise God. What does that mean? That means when you got nothing else to do, take the phone and stick it in your pocket, put it in your purse, put it away, because that phone, it, it monopolizes the time alone with God. Put your phone away and get into the presence of God, and you will see how your life begins to change. Praise God. Many of us will scroll for hours on Facebook. Scroll for hours. Oh, and then once we're done with Facebook, we switch over to Instagram. Then when you're done with Instagram, you switch over to TikTok. And then when you're done with TikTok, you switch over to, to Reels. And then you switch over to uh, uh, Jack and the Beanstalk, whatever they got. It, and you're there hours and hours. And at the end of the day, you say, man, I wish I had the time. Lord Jesus, I wish... I wish I could have 10 more minutes in the day. I would give that to you, Lord. But Lord, you know my heart. I'm in your permissible will. If you were here last week, you know what that's all about. Hallelujah. Many of us have to spend more time in prayer. That starts with your pastor too. I'm preaching to myself. We could never have enough prayer. You could never have enough prayer. Jabez. Not much is known about Jabez in Scripture. As I said earlier, there's only two verses in the whole Bible. He was a descendant of Judah. Praise God. But listen to this. And this is really ironic. Because his name itself meant that he was born in pain and sorrow. Isn't it ironic that the man who is named after pain and sorrow is praying to God to keep him from pain and sorrow? Praise God. Uh, uh, we know that Jabez was honorable above all of his brothers. That must have meant that must have meant that he was honorable unto God because of a relationship that he had with the Father. That means Jabez was known by God and God was known by Jabez. Praise God. They had an intimate 
prayer life, an intimate time in the cool of every day. Let me ask you a question, saints of God. How is your prayer life? Are you known by God? Praise the Lord. When you pray, do you feel like you've got to rev up the engine? Or when you just start speaking, you're connected to the Father. You don't have to rev up no engine. You already are made contact. Because the minute you wake up, you go like, hallelujah, glory to God. Another day, blessed be the name of the Lord. Before you put your feet on the floor, you're already worshiping God. You're in his word. You're brushing your teeth. Glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Right? Prepare me for this day. Put someone in my path that I can minister to. Let me be the light of glory. Let me reflect you, oh Jesus. Let me reflect you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh God, let me be a minister today. Let me be an evangelist. Put somebody in my path. Matter of fact, I'm going to take this $20 and put it in a pocket. That belongs to somebody. Lord, you let me know who to bless with that money. Lord, you tell me what to do. You know, how many are starting their day that way? You see, the maker of heaven and earth is giving you direct access right into the throne room of God. Hallelujah. That means every day you get to have a private meeting, a private audience with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the all-powerful God. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Prayer should make you feel like royalty. Hallelujah. It's a wonder to me why people do not pray. Let me give you an example. There's a young man sitting on a park bench and he's bawling. He's crying. And a boy comes up to him and says, what's wrong? Sir, what's wrong? The man began talking about his brother who was in prison and happens to be on death row. He was to be executed in a few days. The man desperately wanted to see the president at the time, Abraham Lincoln, to ask him for a pardon for his brother. The only problem is a regular person can never go into the White House to get an audience with the president. This man's situation was hopeless. And after hearing the story, the boy said, Sir, would you come with me? He took the man by the hand and walked him into the presidential office, right past the guards, right past the secretary, and nobody mumbled even a single word. The man was astonished. He couldn't believe that this little boy carried so much authority in the White House. The boy took him right into the Oval Office itself. And, and the president, President Lincoln, stood up as the young man entered with the boy. And he says, how can I help you? You see, the reason why this young man could get past the guards, the secretary, and even right into the president's office was because the boy was Abraham Lincoln's son. Abe's son can walk right past all the opposition and walk right in to his daddy's office. Praise God. And let me tell you, you and I have that same blessing, that same authority. We can walk past the devil. We can walk past opposition. We can walk past chaos. We can walk past sickness. We can walk past all the drama llama ding dong. You can walk right past it and kick the door out. Get out of the way. I'm going to be with my daddy.
We have authority in prayer through the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Never forget that. John 14. It says, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Glory to God. That's encouraging. The same way heaven can only be accessed by way of Jesus, our prayers only get to heaven by way of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's why he says, pray in my name. When you pray in Jesus' name, it reaches right to the throne room of God itself. Hallelujah. Praying in his name indicates that we are in union with Christ. That we can call upon the power of God in any circumstance and get divine intervention. So many people... They go to counselors and therapists and they go to psychologists and others go across the country and pay $10,000 to get a word from a prophet. And they hop on planes, trains, and automobiles and boats and everything just to get to hear the word of God when all they got to do is open up the book and the word is right there and is free. Hallelujah. So many people are seeking answers, but they won't go to God in prayer. Did you know that prayer is free? Turn your neighbor and say, if it's free, it's for me. Hallelujah. And did you know that prayer yields better results? Glory to God. Prayer produces long-lasting, life-changing results. Praise God. If people prayed more, they would worry less. We say it all the time in this house. Worry is simply a substitution for prayer. That's why you should not ever invite pastor to your pity party. <laughs> man get it together did you pray about this what does the word of God say praise God right because sometimes we got to be an encouragement we forget who we are you're a child of the most high God hallelujah your father is the king of kings and the lord of lords the word says no good thing will he withhold from those who walk up righteously praise God turn your neighbor and say I know he's talking about you right now hallelujah listen to this Jabez he started his prayer with an interjection an interjection is a word that really doesn't have necessarily a meaning where you're at a loss for words and it's like a oh Oh, uh, and some of us go, uh, 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 you really like, hey, come on, man, Ding. where's the light bulb, hallelujah. But he starts with an interjection, oh, God, oh, that you would bless me, glory to God, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, reality. Some of us in Christ simply move on throughout life without a care in the world. With no regard for their future, no five-year plan, no vision, no dreams, no destination. Not Jabez, hallelujah. 
Some Christians might be living in a spiritual rut or spiritual drought, not Jabez. Hallelujah. Some Christians might be willing to just go through the motions. It's time to get to church. It's time to go to work. It's time to wash the dishes. It's time to mow the lawn. And we just go through life and we're satisfied right where we are with salvation. Because we got the fire insurance policy paid up from hell, we're okay. We know we're not headed there. But that's not life, and that's especially not life in abundance through Christ Jesus. And that is not building up the kingdom of God, not by even 1%. Oh, that you would bless me. Do you know that there are people that won't pray a prayer of blessing over themselves? Because they think they're unworthy to receive the blessing. They think that they're not worthy. I don't know if I should pray for this big prayer because maybe God won't do it. Not Jabez. Jabez says, hey, man, if it's, if it's for me, I want it. I want it all. I don't want to miss nothing. Praise God. You know how sad it is when so many people do not operate in the gifts of the Spirit when they're available to every believer? And they go through life and follow doctrines of cessationism. That there are no signs and wonders anymore. That God doesn't heal. And then their family is all sick. Jabez. He said, I'm longing for all the blessings that God has for me. And I want them all. Hallelujah. Jabez said, Lord, increase my borders, enlarge my coast, hallelujah, increase my outreach, increase my territory, my influence. That means he is not satisfied with the status quo, hallelujah. He knew that he was made for more. Saints of God, you are made for more. Glory to God. Let me tell you a little story. There's a story about the Pope coming to New York City, and he was engaged to speak at the United Nations. But due to bad weather, the Pope's plane uh, did not land in JFK, but instead it had to be rerouted, and it landed in Newark Airport. The limousine driver assigned to the Pope had almost no time to make it to the UN for the Pope's speech. The Pope became somewhat agitated and asked the driver, Driver, can you hurry up, please? Driver, can you please go faster? The driver said, I'm sorry, sir. I can't. I'm already in trouble. I have outstanding tickets. And if I get pulled over, I could jeopardize my license or even go to jail. The Pope thought to himself for a second and said, well, I have to get to the UN. I'll tell you what. Why don't you pull over and let me drive the car? So the driver agreed, and he got into the back seat of the limo. And the Pope got into the car, put it in gear, and took off. He is now driving way past the speed limit. He's winding down the streets like he's driving a race car. And he gets near the UN, and a police car spots the limo speeding out of control, turns its lights on, and begins to give chase and stops the limousine. One policeman, of course, stayed in the patrol car. The other policeman got out and knocked on the window of the limo. And as he looked at who was driving the car, he closed his ticket book and returned to his vehicle. 
The policeman's partner who was still inside the vehicle turns and looks at his partner and says, aren't you going to give that guy a ticket? He says, nope. You're not going to write him a ticket? Nope. You don't understand the importance of the guy who's in that car. Well, is he more important than the mayor? Yep. Well, can he be more important than the governor of New York? Oh, yes, he can be. Wait a minute. He can't be more important than the governor. Oh, yes, he can. Well, can he be more important than the president of the United States? Yes, he can. The officer looked confused and he said, how can this guy be more important than the president of the United States? The other officer looked and said, listen, I don't know who that guy was, but whoever he was, he was being driven around by the Pope. You see, you don't never have to feel like a nobody, hallelujah, when Jesus is with you in the car, hallelujah. If Jesus is driving you, glory to God, if he's behind the wheel, you are never a nobody, glory to God. If Jesus is behind the wheel, Satan can't give you a ticket, praise God. If Jesus is behind the wheel, you are blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Glory to God. People, it's time to start praying. Hallelujah. It's time to start praying. Don't fall off your chair, Pastor. Hallelujah. It's time to start praying. This is a hard fact. Time is running out on us. Jesus is coming soon. There are too many signs that point to the true fact that Jesus is on his way. Soon and very soon, we will meet him in the clouds of glory. And the situation that's already serious is about to get extremely crazy here and now. Saints of God, there are many that are ready, but the reality is there are many that are not. If God is going to push out or extend our borders, we have to be ready to do our part right now. Enlarging our borders means uh, that it demands vision. How many people lack vision? How many people have a plan? How many people are pursuing the vision that God has laid out for your family? Enlarging our borders means it's going to demand more faith, more trust, more surrender, more obedience, trusting in God's word. Enlarging our borders is going to demand work. Hallelujah. That means action, not lip service. As a matter of fact, I would say no more excuses. We have to be able to come together as one and fulfill the call of God upon our lives. Praise God. Look at these two verses of scripture. 1 Thessalonians 2.12. That you would walk worthy of the call of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. 2 Thessalonians 1, 11 and 12. Therefore, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Jabez's prayer 
He prayed that the power of God would be upon him always. He says, oh God, that your hand would be with me, that your hand would be upon me. Let me tell you, when God is on your side, you are on the winning team. You can't lose. God plus one believer is a majority. Uh, uh, Isaiah 41.10, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Psalm 63.8, my soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds you. Hallelujah. Jabez wanted God to enlarge his borders. Guess what, people of God? There is power released through prayer. His power came through prayer. With much prayer comes much power. With a little bit of prayer will come little power. Did you know why Jesus walked in such authority and such dominion and in such power? Because Jesus always separated himself to pray to the Father. You know, if you look throughout the Word of God and you look through Scripture, especially in the Gospels, every time Jesus prayed, he prayed alone. Whenever Jesus was praying in the Word, you always see that he separated himself and went alone to a solitary place, went to the mountain, went to the wilderness, went to the desert, went alone to be in the presence of God. And it was in that time that he was praying that he and the Lord were engaged in, in a wonderful conversation, but at the same time receiving the upload. And he left us an example to follow. You see, prayer was the work. Ministry is the prize. And let me tell you another thing. Every time Jesus went alone and prayed and he got charged up, hallelujah, Jesus came out of the mountain, came out of the woods, came out of the wilderness, and he walked around and he knew that ministry was at hand. And you don't see him praying over anyone when they were sick. He would say, be healed. Come out. Take up your mat. Rise and walk. Lazarus, come forth, right? Every time Jesus did a miracle, he would just tell them, wash yourself in the pool of shalom. He would give them the instruction and they were healed. Let me give you another example. And this one is for us. If you recall the Mount of Transfiguration, where Peter, James, and John, the sons of thunder went up the hill and they found Jesus there transfigured with Moses and Elijah. And here the other disciples were left in the valley, I guess to carry out the mission while Jesus was alone uh, on the mountain. I want you to hear what the scripture says in Matthew 17. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him kneeling down to him saying this is now when Jesus has come down the mountain because they wanted to stay up there with him to just bask in the glory and Jesus said now nah, we got to go down to the mountain we got to go down to the valley excuse me and he came to a man kneeling down to him saying Lord have mercy on my son for he is an epileptic and suffers severely for he often falls into the fire and often into the water listen so I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Listen to what Jesus said. 
Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And after Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him, the child was cured from that very hour. Why is this important? Because Jesus already knew that there was ministry assigned at the bottom in the valley. And his disciples got to see it. But after the crowds dispersed, after everything was solitary and quiet, not to be embarrassed, his disciples came up to him and said, um, Master, um, Jesus, um, you know, earlier today, you know, that little thing, that little thing, you know, how come... We couldn't cast that demon out. What, what was the problem? Verse 20 and 21. Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. For assuredly I say to you, If you have faith as a mustard seed, You will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, And it will move, And nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. You see, people of God, prayer makes increased outreach possible. Let me give you some scenarios. Imagine if our church board meetings were simply turned into prayer meetings. Imagine if our church staff meetings were simply prayer meetings. Imagine if worship team rehearsals were simply prayer meetings. Imagine if Sunday morning service turned into a, just a time of prayer. Imagine if our youth and children's ministry that are on fire for God just turned the service into prayer. Imagine if Joshua Tribe came together for prayer meetings. Imagine if the maintenance crew here at Soul Purpose had a prayer meeting after cleaning the church. You see, I promise that the entire church would not only thrive, but we would come alive in the fire of the Holy Spirit of God. God would enlarge and entrust this house with his plan of action because of our prayer life, because of our love life in him. Glory to God. Jabez, he prayed for purity of life. Hallelujah. And he said, oh, that you would keep my feet from evil, that I would not cause any pain. Remember, the man named after pain, praying to God to keep him from causing pain to anyone else. Let me tell you something, saints of God. God can change your identity. There was a post I put up a few weeks ago. It says, our identity is found in Christ. Our identity determines our function. And our function determines our ministry. I like to use this quote, Dr. Archer. He said, God can take you from the outhouse to the penthouse. He said, God can take you from the guttermost to the uttermost. Glory to God. Saints of God, with God, all things are possible. Your problems, your disasters, your insecurities, nothing is too far out of reach where God cannot rescue. 
Psalm 40 verse 2, he says, He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. Hallelujah! I just had to get that out, praise God. Psalm 18 2, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, hallelujah, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, glory to God. Psalm 62 7, in God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength. And my refuge is in God. Saints of God, who is like the Lord? Who is like the Lord? Nobody, glory to God, nobody is like the Lord. Our God specializes in the impossible cases. Lord Jesus knows that I'm one of them. Hallelujah. If God could take this broken man, this jacked up man with a messed up, I did everything I could possibly do to destroy my testimony so that I could never stand before a group of people and preach the word of God. I did everything I could to tarnish my legacy, to destroy my family name. And as far as I ran away, I was running right to God. Didn't even know it. I'm sure God was laughing. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> oh, keep me, Lord. Keep me from evil. This should be the cry of everyone in this room. Jabez saw everything being stripped away from being in sin. All of the power, all of the potential can be wiped away due to sin. All of our gains that we think we've made in Christ can become losses because of our stubbornness and unwillingness to repent from our sin. That's why he said, oh God, that we would remain pure, that I would remain pure to your will, to your way. He's saying, and we should be saying, that you Lord, have mercy upon me and my sin, that my sin would not grieve you. Let me tell you, sin always brings grief. You cannot sin and win. Our enemy is terrified when God's people start rising up in prayer. Prayer renders him powerless and defeated. He is a defeated foe, a toothless lion. John Wesley, listen to this quote. He said, God grant that I would never live to be useless. Yes. Let me tell you something. A prayerless Christian is useless in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. No power, no effect, no threat to the enemy. Andrew Murray is quoted saying, unless I am on my knees, I cannot live in his love. He also said, there is only one way that I can love my enemies, by the love of Christ, sought and found in prayer. James 5, 13 through 16. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? 
Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespass one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Let me tell you a little bit about this book. In 2000, Bruce Wilkinson turned the obscure character of Jabez found in 1 Chronicles 4 into an international phenomenon with this little book, The Prayer of Jabez. Not only did it become a runway hit and a longtime New York best time seller, uh, it became a franchise. During its heyday, you could go to a bookstore and buy the Jabez book, the prayer of Jabez for women, the prayer of Jabez for teens, the prayer of Jabez for kids, the prayer of Jabez devotional, the prayer of Jabez journal, the prayer of Jabez leather edition, not to mention Jabez music, t-shirts, hats, posters, coffee mugs, calendars, and even a prayer of Jabez mouse pad for your computer. Without a doubt, this obscure biblical personality is now a bona fide star. But even though Bruce Wilkinson has done much to affirm the divine blessing that comes to righteous people who practice believing prayer, there have been some unfortunate side effects to Wilkins' remedy for pain. One of these issues is the fact that the prayer of Jabez has put the spotlight on the wrong person in the text. I submit to you that this text is about God and not Jabez. It is about the prayer of Jabez, but it is about the sovereign, holy, wise, faithful, and gracious God who answered Jabez's prayer. And the message about God that this text proclaims is good news for every believer in this room and not only Jabez. Our Lord God is still in the blessing business. When the Bible says that God granted Jabez's prayer request, his borders were enlarged, his life remained clean and pure, the Lord kept his feet from evil, but the Lord also changed his identity. Hallelujah. He would not allow him to cause pain onto anyone. And let me tell you, God wants to bless you today as well. He wants to do the same thing for you, but you must do it with a humble heart. You must pray in humility before the living God. E.M. Bounds said, humility is an indispensable prerequisite of prayer. It must be an attribute or a characteristic of prayer. Humility must be in the praying character as light is in the sun. Prayer has no beginning, no ending, no being without humility. As a ship is made for the sea, so prayer is made for humility. And so humility is made for prayer. It couldn't be more clear than that. Finally, in closing, when you pray, make sure that your motives, that your intentions, that your heart 
is right before God. If you come to God incorrectly, God sees right through impure motives. He can see through a contaminated heart. I shared a story a couple of years ago. Some of you might have heard it, but I'm going to say it again. There's a story of a kid named Little Johnny. Little Johnny had a birthday coming up, and Little Johnny wanted a bike. But Little Johnny was in big trouble in school. So his Christian mom says, I'll tell you what, Little Johnny. Write a letter to God asking him why you deserve a bike. She obviously wanted little Johnny to reflect on what he has done. So little Johnny began to write his first letter. God, I've been a good boy. Thinks about it and crumbles it up and rips it up and throws it away. He takes out his second page. God, I've been okay this year. Thinks about it. Crumples up the paper. Throws it away. Letter number three. God, I know I haven't been good, but I promise if you give me the bike, I'll be good. And he thinks about it, crumples up the paper, and throws it out. Finally, little Johnny gets an idea, and he asks his mother, Mom, can I go to church? His mother replied, Sure, Johnny. Just come home and be back before dinner. So Johnny goes to the church, and he sees a statue of Mary. He takes it down and writes a note and leaves it in its place. And this is what the note said. God, I've got your mama. And if you want to see her again, send the bike. Signed, you know who. People of God. God sees through your phony motives. Hallelujah. Make sure that when you go to God, prepare your heart. Hallelujah. Go before God in weeping and fasting and mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord God for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and great kindness. And he relents from doing harm. Andrew Murray once more, he says, sometimes prayer changes me more than it changes my circumstances. My prayers are not only wishing and asking, but they must be about believing and accepting. As I come to my close, this is my second close, by the way. As I come to the close, I got to remind everybody one fact. March 8th is our anniversary at Soul Purpose Evangelical Church. We will be starting our 15th year of ministry as a church. And I too have a prayer before the Lord for this year and onward. And here is my prayer for Soul Purpose Evangelical Church. Oh Lord, that you would continue to bless us indeed. Oh, Lord, that you would enlarge our territory. Oh, Lord, that your hand would be upon us and that you would keep our feet from evil, that we may not cause pain or harm to anyone. Oh, Lord, change our life forever. May God grant us all 
that prayer. Saints of God, God bless you this morning. Hallelujah. We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. Thank you for listening. We want you to know that you are all in our constant prayers. If you've been blessed by today's program, why not consider partnering with us? To make a donation is easy. You can visit us online at www.specchurch.net or you can call us at 845-956-0133. Once again, that's www.specchurch.net or 845-956-0133. We invite you to worship with us one Sunday morning soon. Thank you again for your prayers and support. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you.